You are listening to Work Human Radio, pioneered by Global Force, bringing more humanity to today's workplaces. You are enjoying our special edition coverage recorded live from Austin, Texas, and Work Human 18. And now, here are today's hosts. Here we go. We are deep in the afternoon of day three at Work Human. You are listening to Work Human Radio. This is Rayanne Thorne, your host this afternoon. And I'm very excited about the guests that I have at the table here today. I've had the opportunity to talk a little bit about diversity, a little bit about inclusion, about bias, about racism, about pay equity. But I feel like we're going to have a really great conversation this afternoon. Please welcome my guest, Tamara Raspberry. She's an HR manager. Victoria Milan, who's a senior HR consultant with Huma. Reso? Huma Reso. Oh, I knew I was going to get that wrong. Huma Reso, Miko Lawson, who's the CEO and founder of the Professional Women of Color Network. It sounds like we have a few experts, although they have been quick to tell me we're not experts on the panel today. Thank you, everyone, for joining me. Thank you for, Thank you for us. having us. So I know there's so much for us to discuss in this topic, and what I don't want to do is walk away from this saying, I you know, somebody who's listening to say, I still don't understand how I can address the issue of diversity and inclusion and bias and discrimination because it's such a, an, an encompassing issue and challenge for many organizations. Let's talk with, before the show, we talked a little bit about pay equity. So why don't we kick it off there? There have been studies, there's been a lot of research that has been done regarding pay equity, and I think there was a statement today in one of the discussions or panels that said 20 cents on every dollar women are missing out on. But we know that women are of color still don't even come close to that. So let's, let's talk about where you think that issue might lie. And, and Victoria, I'm going to start with you. If you could just kick that off and, and provide us with a little bit more background on this topic of pay equity among women of color, because... As uh, uh, Tamara said, it is not a gender issue. Right. So, you know, in. I would say it's not just a gender issue. Just a gender gender issue. It's it's not. Thank you for correcting me. It's not just a gender issue. Right. So, you know, for me uh, and my work, a number of different companies, you know, there's people want to get paid appropriately, right? That's the given. And so. Uh, in conversations that I've had with other people in other industries, everybody struggles with the idea of, of making sure that people are getting paid equitably for the work that they do, right? It, based on their skills, their abilities, their experience, so on and so forth, irregardless of gender or sexual orientation or all those other things. Um, and in some of my conversations, you know, people would mention these amazing disparities, right? Between, you know, I always looked at it as just women being underpaid but you know my friends who are black or latina or disabled for example they're like no it's really really bad in comparison to say you know a white woman or a white male and so you know in conversations that i've had i've done research because i don't like to just have conversations like this without you know doing the work of where can i find more information where can i find studies or 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 you know data to kind of support their claims because it's such a hot topic. 
and you know went on the Department of Labor website, and you would figure the Department of Labor website would just have all these graphs and charts and things <laughs> like that, very dry. They actually put out an infographic specifically around pay equity, and again, it supported what those conversations were being said around the fact that white women, of course, we know is like somewhere around 79 cents to the dollar right, for how much right. a male makes. But for black women, for Latina women, for Native American, Asian women, all of those other categories of race and ethnicity, the numbers keep going lower and lower and lower in terms of the pay equity. And it's like, oh, my God. Right. So, you know, I'm hopeful that organizations, when they're starting to tackle these issues of pay equity or diversity, inclusion, so on and so forth, that they're looking at it holistically, but they're also able to drill down into those details. Because if you just kind of look at it from that 10,000 foot view and say, oh, we've tackled pay equity in a good way, but, you know, the gains are distributed unequally and we're still at the same place. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of a passion of mine to kind of figure out what we can do better around those things. Mm -hmm. It's it's heartbreaking to me. Yeah. I mean, it's it really is heartbreaking because it is another example. I mean, so many individuals try to justify why this exists, right? And it is another example of white privilege. It truly mm -hmm. is. And, and we don't see it as that. Some white people don't see it as that. And I'm really trying to move the needle. That's, you know, the proverbial needle, moving the needle forward in making conversations happen that allow us to discuss this with a hope of change, right? right. With, with, the, with the, the idea that it is possible, that it is necessary, and that it's long overdue. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Tamara, what do you what do you think someone like me can do to help this? As a white girl from Laguna Beach, how can I do this? As you as an HR manager that's probably dealing with this on a daily basis, how can I help? Well, I think one thing that we have to think about, we're we're always looking at a lot of the conversations that I've heard and are having, looking at where we're coming from now, like how do we fix where we're at now? But I think we really have to address how we got to where we at now like why are things like this because it's not just companies are looking at who they've hired and said no this black woman needs to get paid 70% less than this but you know what I'm saying right. it's like these ingrained systems it's a it's an unintentional been, um, bias that right, well we sometimes it's intentional but I mean there's just like a lot of underlying reasons there's these assumptions sometimes you will assume looking at someone they can't have the education or skill set or whatever, or they didn't go to such and such school, so that means that they can't. So the, all those types of factors play into the pay equity. And so when you say, like, what can someone like you do? I think part of what you can do is having the hard conversations with the people that you know. Right. And because you might not necessarily be in a role to where you're hiring someone or you're, but if you talk to people, and get people thinking so the next time they're in a situation where they are making a decision like that, they'll realize. Because like they say, all we all have bias. Yep. It's, you know, um, we can't say we're going to get rid of unconscious bias because right. it's unconscious bias. Right. <laughs> you can't right. say we're going to get rid of it. But people need to be aware of it and then act accordingly. And so things like we're doing right now here, things that we're doing with the Work Human Conference, all of this is part of how we move that needle, like you said. 
And, and Mika, I know that your organization is specifically addressing the needs for women of color in the workplace. How do you think that the being here and the messages that you're hearing here, are they positive for you to take back and have an influence in your own organization? Well, I think definitely there's a lot of positive messaging here. I think that as it relates to my network, so I started the network many, many years ago in Seattle, Washington. And when I started the network, the term woman of color was not a commonly used term at all. So I received a lot of pushback. Wow. A lot of people were very offended that I was, you know, creating a space just for women of color. Um, I had to learn within myself how to educate others because I was pretty clear on why I was doing it, but I had to then begin to really kind of think about how do I communicate this? And I really started out with, you know, everyone knows about the Good Old Boys Network, right? Mm -hmm. We do. And I have a theory. My theory is that we're expending too much energy trying to get into the Good Old Boys Network because that's not a space we're wanted. Mm -hmm. And so the way I kind of shared the image was we've all got our back turns we're knocking on this door trying to get into this door in this place that we're not wanted if we stop knocking turn around and look at one another we have a powerful network right here and in Seattle which is uh, incredibly diverse which at the time I wasn't processing that um, in our network it's Latina African American Asian American Native American like we were a full multicultural organization and what I said was, we have so much more in common. When we come together as a network, we already know what our daylight was like at work. We don't have to wear that mask when we come together with one another. And guess what? We can build and grow together. I feel, and that was over 10 years ago. I feel now it's been dialed back to that time almost again. Mm -hmm. I have been receiving similar messages. I used to have a uh, folder in my email, and I just titled it, Wow. And that oh was when gosh. I would get the emails complaining, oh, you want to start a network that's only for women of color? And literally, I started getting those emails again here in the last year or so. And, um, but, what, but what is true for me is that I've always stayed consistent to the value and the importance of the network, and that was to support women of color. It's an inclusive organization but we're clear on who we are focusing on. Right. And so a lot of, we have had a lot of members who have come to me and says, well, can I be part of the network? I'm, I'm pink, pink's a color. <laughs> <laughs> I get really red at the beach. <laughs> and what I say is, I don't make the determination for you on what's a woman of color. You're welcome to be part of this organization. Just understand the focus is supporting, empowering, and moving forward for women of color. And so that's what I pull out of this conference. Any of the messaging around that is what I pull out and bring back to our network and to our organization. And just to remember the work still needs to be done. Well, I'll be contacting you because I, I do want to be a part and I do know what the focus is. So you don't need to remind me. <laughs> I know what the focus is and I'm happy to help. I've been um, talking quite a bit about this myself because I didn't realize right and this is part of the problem I think that it's ignorance but it's not a willful ignorance it's an ignorance that um, you know one of the the issues that I used to say is I well I work hard I work hard I started working when I was 12 that has nothing to do with this issue it has nothing right. it's something completely different we all work hard all of us work hard to get to where we are it's called work for a reason 
and you can't get by by doing nothing, right? So for me, it was just to really educate myself. And I feel like your organization has this great opportunity to educate people like me even further on how, and I want to, I want to scream this message from the rooftop. Let's, let's see how we can fix it. How can we help? How can we come together? How can we be unified? Especially right now in anniversary of Martin Luther King's death and, and everything that has happened in the last couple of years for us to come together as a country and recognize what's going on. Well, there's a saying, if you uh, don't know your history, you're doomed to, to repeat it. Repeat doomed it. To repeat and it. growing up, I think we heard that a lot. I always thought about it just in terms of myself as a person of color. Right. What I realized was I look at kind of how the climate of America is now. That's important for non-people of color to Absolutely. remember as well. Absolutely. Because I see that history being repeated on that side. And I just, I just think that so often that comment seems to me always focused more on us. us. Mm -hmm. But I think it's so much uh, more important for not us to remember that as well. Well, I, I, I'm trying to understand and think of if, if a movement is to be successful, it has to have support from all sides. It can't just right. be... I mean, some people need to be on the other side pulling that movement forward. Some people need to be on the backside of it pushing. I don't think it can really happen and be successful and actually cause change to happen unless there are lots of people participating in this and recognizing that this is history and it needs to stay history. Right. It can't I be think also we have to not be afraid to be uncomfortable anymore, not be afraid to have uncomfortable conversations. Absolutely. Because I remember hearing somewhere like a couple years ago someone had made the statement of like you could conceivably be a white person and get along very well in life and never have to deal with a person of color and still be successful but we really can't do that like we wow. have to learn how to traverse our community as well as yours because y'all hold most of the keys to the doors we trying to get into so you know you saying I want to spread this message I want to learn more like that's a good thing because sometimes it's not even conscious. Like what comes to my mind is a lot of people, if you're, you know, mobile and you go into a building that doesn't have a ramp, it won't necessarily occur to you that it's not an accessible That's, building. You're right. Because yeah. you, you don't right. need the ramp. That's a great yeah. example. You know? So being able to see things from other people's point of view, even if it doesn't necessarily affect you, is how we're going to be able to start moving things. Yep. And I think another thing that people need to do is figure out kind of what their privilege is mm -hmm. and how to use that privilege to support right. or Absolutely. center That's other good. folks. Absolutely. You know, for myself, you know, I'm a, a black male in America and there's some damning statistics around violence in terms of who I am. Yeah. But again, I know for a fact that when it comes to black women or minority women or disabled women or queer women or queer people in general, that their statistics of violence are even worse. Mm. So I can use what privilege I have to support those groups, to support them in a way that it's not about me and my ego, right? Oh, I went to volunteer, woo, yay me, right? It's like, no, my job is to humble myself, mm. learn from these communities, ask them what can I do for them mm -hmm. and based on what they suggest to me work within their needs and their desires because I think sometimes in this quest to kind of seem like oh I'm not a racist 
you're still perpetuating right. a racist attitude by making it all about you yes. right? and not about the individual you're intending to support and Tarana Burke spoke about that yesterday right. very beautifully about me too right at the end of the day we need to make sure that the movement is about the victims and not you know the men that are all of a sudden uncomfortable about potentially hugging and what does that mean right because right? then you've immediately lost yourself as an ally and mm. you're diluting the, the kind of the strength of the movement itself. I think the message that impacted me the most when I guess it's really start the momentum of the diversity and inclusion um, movement mm. hit me was, uh, I think it was probably two years ago, the first time I heard this. And I, and I remind my children often about it. I am the civil rights worker in my family, you know, and I, I'm like every conversation that happens, I bring this up. It's mm -hmm. equality feels like oppression when you are used to privilege. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I can shut a conversation down every time with that by saying you feel this way because you are used to not feeling this way. You are used to not even having this be in your realm of consciousness, like what you're talking mm -hmm. about with the, with the, um, the stairs and the ramp, that whole imagery is, is beautiful. Um, last year, this quote up right behind your heads, diversity means nothing without inclusion mm -hmm. by Eric Mosley. So we can talk as much as we want about questioning and solving a diversity issue, but if we don't think about inclusion, it, it won't happen Absolutely. if we don't make it happen. Miko, we're getting to a point where we need to wrap up. Is there any last words you'd like to share with us that Maybe um, I also want to get make sure everybody shares their information, how we can reach you after the show. Sure. Well, I'm online. Uh, the networking organization, Professional Women of Color Network acronym is PWOCN. So you can Perfect. At, at me. Okay. <laughs> um, but I would say I, I just love the conversation. I love the dialogue, but I really love really being able to sit down and being open to hearing right. kind of maybe those harder things. And so, as I said, starting to get that feedback that I'm getting now that I got so many years ago, I, I know what to respond to and what not to respond to. A lot of those things are just to detract you, and like you said, to take the, the uh, attention away from what the actual focus or the actual reason is. And so in terms of working with others, like I, my focus is about collaborating with others and that doesn't have to be a person of color. I think, it, as you said, it's important that we have you know, that within the workplace, that within our networks, so that we can move forward and grow and build. But we've got to keep having those conversations. We've got to keep having those openings for those discussions. Great. Tamara, do you have any last words? And then please let us know how we can reach you. I absolutely agree with Miko. I would also piggyback on her comment to say not only do we have to continue to have the conversations, but then we have to commit to doing something with what we learn from the conversations. Um, and so, yeah, you can reach me. I'm all over the Twitterverse Yay. at at T-M-R-A-S is the same, B is in boy, E-R-R-Y, T-M Raspberry. Um, I have a blog at TamaraMRaspberry.com. Oh, cool. And... Yeah, find me there. 
And to wrap us up here, Victoria, do you have any last words? And then please let us know how we can reach you. Uh, I would just say that, you know, one of the things I like about WorkHuman is that for a conference with thousands of people, they are really tackling some deep subject matter, which I think leads to those conversations, which leads to those uh, brave discussions and, and actions around these really important areas, whether it's diversity and inclusion, pay equity, uh, sexual harassment and violence. For sure. Um, so I hope to see more content and, and great things come out of that. Uh, and I'm just happy to be a part of it as well. Uh, as for contacting me, uh, I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, Victorio underscore M. Uh, LinkedIn, of course. You can see all of my information there. Uh, yeah. Great. I want to wrap with Salma Hayek's quote. You reminded me of it. We need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's the only way we're going to solve anything. Move forward. Meet the challenge that's ahead of us. So I appreciate you three sharing your information and knowledge with me. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we wrap this conversation. I loved speaking with the diversity panel here at WorkHuman18. Hang tight. We'll be back with more. Work Human Radio is brought to you by Global Force, pioneers of the Work Human movement. Global Force helps make work more human for millions of people and organizations worldwide. Learn more by visiting workhuman.com and join the Work Human movement by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Work Human Community Forum on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening to Work Human Radio.